Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. Once again, it is time for the Sunday sum up. So let's go through all the different things that we saw throughout the week that perhaps slipped under the radar or people didn't hear about or that I didn't really have a chance to cover. You, you know, the, the usual terrible stuff as we spiral towards the apocalypse. But there's actually some good stuff in here, as in some sort of like lighter stuff and one or two sort of positive things that I do want to touch on. So yay, we're making progress. So with that, welcome to the Sunday Sum Up, everyone. And um, for starters, uh, in a typical tale of where we are headed with new and relevant toys for today's young ones. Oh, good lord. Yeah, that's a vlogger kit selling for nearly $69. So that little Susie and Bobby can learn to be vloggers when they grow up. Better get them started super young. Like, it looks wooden and fairly durable, but, uh, and I'm sure it's actually, like, probably pretty cute. So like I said, pretty harmless, but, uh, I don't know, man. To quote Bo Burnham from his Inside Special, there it is, that funny feeling. And I can't exactly name what that feeling is, but it's something that's kind of doesn't feel problematic, but still somehow concerning, at least slightly concerning. And I can't really articulate why. So anyway, that's story one out of the way. Next up, we got to talk about water and um, particularly retouch on something that I talked about recently, again, with the whole line three fight and what's going on there and cops being terrible, you know, see yesterday's video. So another thing that I saw online earlier this week was from the Twitter account of the subreddit 2020 Police Brutality. And apparently it's this video about how on Indigenous Peoples Day 2021, police used an LRAD on Indigenous elders and water protectors protesting for climate justice. Now, I'm pretty sure if memory serves me correctly, L an LRAD is a long range acoustic device and it's basically a directional audio system that emits a high, like just a very high volume and terrible noise meant to try and disperse people. And so they can point it at crowds. So if you're standing behind it, it's fine. If you're in front of it, it's bad. And that's why the best thing to do is move to the sides of that. That's a heads up for all you protesters out there. But uh, still pretty audacious that they decided to use that for people exercising their goddamn constitutional rights. But again, that touches on water because the fight against the Line 3 pipeline continues. I've kind of lost count of how many times I've brought this up at this point, but someone's got to do it because the media sure as hell isn't. It's a expanded pipeline that is going to go through Minnesota and touch at the end of the Great Lakes, carrying Canadian bitumen from the tar sands in Alberta so that it can be shipped and refined to other different corners of the continent and the world. Since it poses a great risk to the habitat and also a lot of people's clean drinking water, that's a big problem for a lot of people. The problem is that economically speaking, Canada really wants it to happen so that Alberta doesn't, you know, outright collapse. So it's actually this massive fight that is currently ongoing that no one's talking about because the media doesn't want 
even more support going to the protesters and their very valid concerns. And unfortunately, that is not the only terrible indigenous water story we have because just north of the border here, there's another story that's been making the rounds. Don't drink the water, a Kaluit drinking water supply possibly tainted with petroleum hydrocarbons. Yeah, apparently the people of Akaluit, which is the capital city of the largest Canadian territory of Nunavut, they woke up one morning to find that, oh, you know, there's a weird smell to this water and people were, you know, being very cautious with it. But uh, they, you know, raised alarms and they started testing it and they found a lot of terrible contamination in what's supposed to be their drinking water. I remind people that Nunavut is predominantly Inuit, so that is yet another indigenous community that is dealing with boil water advisories. And it's honestly so bad that both filtered and boiled water are unsafe at this point in time. The city's Department of Health has issued a do not drink water advisory. Residents are being advised not to consume tap water for drinking or cooking until further notice. Both boiled and filtered water are not safe for consumption at this time. They also have a very stark warning for pregnant women. Pregnant women, newborns, and infants should not take baths or be bathed in tap water. Do not use tap water to mix infant formula. But also, according to the city, laundry and cleaning and showers are deemed safe, but you're urged not to swallow any water when bathing? Okay, I guess. Yeah, this announcement came days after people had warned officials about a foul smell to water. And, you know, they were turning on taps and it would smell like their house was full of gasoline. Now, again, because the Kaluit is basically, like, by Arctic standards, a large city of 7,000 people, uh, action is being swiftly taken. Like, there's already been flights bringing in bottled water. Uh, they're flushing out the system to try and make it clean again. But it is still a very grim and gross reminder that our fossil fuel system is actually still ongoing and it continues to negatively impact communities, be they indigenous or not. But primarily, it does tend to be indigenous people who face the brunt of it. It's just another shameful and embarrassing event for Canada, but also a really dire warning that we need to stop this. We have the ability to stop this. What we lack is the willpower, and that is just so immensely frustrating. And because bad news comes in threes, I have another water-related story. As Colorado River Basin states confront water shortages, it's time to focus on reducing demand. Now, that is a article from the conversation that is from August, but I only saw and found out about this earlier this week, hence why it's in this episode. The thing is that for the first time ever, and this is a dire warning for the water wars to come in the American Southwest and in Northern Mexico, the U.S. government announced its first ever water shortage declaration for the Colorado River on August 16th, 2021, triggering future cuts in the amount of water states will be allowed to draw from the river. The Tier 1 shortage declaration followed the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation's forecast that the water in Lake Mead, the largest reservoir in the U.S., located on the Arizona-Nevada border, will drop below an elevation of 1,075 feet above sea level, leaving less than 40% of its capacity by the end of 2021. Arizona is going to be the one most affected by these cuts. They're the ones who are going to lose the most access to water initially, because don't you know all the golf courses in more populous California and Nevada really need that. 
Lake Powell is 68% empty and Lake Mead, I think even more recently, was 65% empty or 35% full for the optimists in the crowd. But you know, uh, this is so ridiculous because why did we decide to build giant, like suburban intensive cities in the desert and also try and build farms and irrigate the desert drawing off of the limited water supplies that that area has why are we building green lawns because oh that's what they do in the suburbs of florida or whatever and why did we decide that there still needed to be all these golf courses and fountains and again farms in the desert with crops that don't naturally grow there, they just liked all the sun. So we thought, yeah, it's very sunny and dry there. We'll just grow food there all the time. Oh my God, we're the architects of our own demise. Now, way back in the day, or at least it feels like that, I think I talked about something happening in, I think the state of Guadalajara and how basically it was definitely an early volley in the water wars over there in Mexico. No, it wasn't Guadalajara, it was uh, Chihuahua. It's the state of Chihuahua. Guadalajara is a city, what the fuck am I on? And that was a year ago. And now we are seeing the first ever declared water shortage in an area that continues to see massive immigration. And then also recently, I think we talked about some like rich billionaire asshole who wants to build some kind of utopian desert city of 5 million people. Again, somewhere in the desert. And here's the desert screaming, all of you need to stop. This is going to cause so much interstate conflict because the Colorado River supplies so much water, either for irrigation or drinking water for people in Clark County, which is where most people in Nevada live. It supplies water for crops in California, where again, there's like 35 or more million people in California. Everyone's moving to Arizona and New Mexico. But the watershed for the Colorado River Valley also goes into other parts of New Mexico, as well as Wyoming and Utah. So you have seven American states and like two, if not three Mexican states, all sharing in the watershed of the Colorado River. They need to share this crucial resource that is essential to human survival in an area that is increasingly desertified, increasingly under stress as more people move in and we continue to be wasteful with our water there. And no one's really acting or bringing this to the forefront and doing what needs to be done. Because unfortunately in a political system, kicking the can down the road is far more preferable. Make it someone else's problem. I got a political lifestyle to lead and a political career to maintain here in the present. So yeah, those are some terrifying stories. And we're like not even halfway done. Short and sweet bit of a dystopia for this next one. Remember how lots of people were all, oh, look at the Boston Dynamics cute little robot dog. It's so cute, I want one as a pet. In a move that should surprise absolutely no one, they've put guns on the things. I feel these are officially the first dogs that we can rate a solid zero out of 10. But yeah, that's something I want to quickly touch on is lots of stuff that people hear about for, oh, look at this great new scientific development or look at these cute robots. In my mind, I'm thinking this is what they use to quote unquote protect lives of the people defending the rich and the wealthy and the interests of the state and the ruling class. And these are sicked on us, the poor, terrible proles that have to fight and survive in the future water wars cute robot dog is for surveillance and taking out targets and deactivating bombs. It's not meant to be a cute new robot pet. 
Elon Musk wants SpaceX to go to the stars. Please ignore the fact that there's also a very strong element of helping the military end space wars and stuff like that. That's a potential on the side. The problem with any great scientific advancement or innovation is that there's always some asshole somewhere who decides we can weaponize that. The inventors of flight just wanted to be free and feel like birds in the sky and have that experience and show what human ingenuity and the human spirit can produce. And then almost immediately, people in positions of power and the leaders of war said, oh, well, this will be very useful in the next war we have with France, Germany, Britain, Italy, the Ottoman Empire, the Russian Empire, etc., etc. It's really unfortunate, but it's a sad reality that's happened for as long as humanity's been a thing. Fireworks, while pretty, were originally a weapon of warfare. But hey, at least we have fireworks, so that's a bonus. Oh wait, no, fireworks are actually really bad for veterans and dogs. What am I saying? Anyway, moving on. So another thing that I saw which was uh, really wild, and I saw it from a Twitch streamer named Kamazots, was this new program or like deal or whatever from Zilch about buy now, pay later at Domino's, pay back over six weeks. Yeah, let's just introduce, you know, installment payments for your food orders. This isn't dystopian as fuck. Every day we stray further and further from sensibility. I don't know about y'all, but I prefer to just kind of pay for my food up front. I feel like this is yet another way for stuff to really get out of the way of, oh, well, I can just defer the payment, so I'll just have more and more takeout and delivery, and then, oh, wait, shoot, now my payments that I have to make every day is like I'm having takeout every day. Fuck, this is a problem. And yet here it is, just, you know, another quote-unquote capitalist innovation that makes the world better. But yeah, to quote Kamazots, food loans, fuck everything. You said it, friend. And that's actually not the only Kamazot story we have. He said something else, basically right the next day that really sticks out to me jokes and references like this is xbox live right versus is like not as edgy or cool as somebody like sitting there saying like you know hey these are the steps we need to be taking if we want to basically dismantle the system to make it easier for the rest of the third world and the global south and yeah i think he actually has a pretty good point there as Havatrino points out, and here's where I basically had the tweet that I saw the video from anyway, he points out that Kamazots is saying that edgy, far from an end in of itself, it's more of a trap to make kids more bigoted and less revolutionary just for kicks. Which again touches on the other aspect of, oh, people can't take a joke, what, it's just edgy humor, it's just jokes, right? And basically, it just kind of causes everything to be held back and for us to focus on unfortunately really unnecessary and shallow things and it also disenfranchises a lot of people because oh whatever man it's just edgy humor why are you hating on me for liking edgy humor i'm a good person and that just also prevents more people from being able to kind of stop and really like talk to them and point out hey this is why it's actually shitty or you know people would say we need to unfortunately waste time on that like it's just it it just adds so much unnecessary clutter to an already cluttered world that as Kamazot says, you know, we should actually more be talking about, hey, we need to take certain steps to actually try and unfuck the system that has made everything so terrible. It's one of many tools used to make people complacent in the terrible system. It's the same with a lot of people saying, you know, oh, voting is a scam. It's not real democracy. And yes, there's a point to that, but not voting is not exactly some kind of edgy act of rebellion because at the end of the day it means the shit heel neoliberal class win. 
we got to do something and we can at least make lives at least for us a little bit easier you, you know you can draw the timeline a bit by trying to vote in progressives or at least nominal progressives it still sucks do not get me wrong here but it's better than the other worse alternative that exists just by not participating and kids being edgy and just wanting you know to quote unquote say their edgy jokes and not be cancelled for it that is part of what leads to the alt-right and far-right pipeline it's just so unfortunate and i'm not sure where to even really start and how people can fight that so if people have any thoughts or suggestions please spread them around because that's what people need to hear right now it's still just so unfortunate that you know stuff like this has to be said but uh hey props to camazots for saying it and another stuff being said, but now in like the terrible stuff. The Camazos thing was sort of a bit more of a positive one. Like I said, there'd be a little bit of that in here today. But uh, there's this lovely side-by-side -side comparison video that you can see on Twitter. And yeah, it's just... Well, see for yourself. She's carrying an American flag that was carried at the peaceful rally with Donald J. Trump on January 6th. <laughs> ask you all to rise and join us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. At a rally for Glenn Youngkin, these people are talking about how, oh, January 6th was a peaceful riot, and yet there is clear contrasting evidence. What is it that quote about, um, say a lie enough times and it eventually becomes the truth? That's basically what's happened with the MAGA crowd and the January 6th insurrection. Because look at this it was mostly peaceful no the fuck it wasn't let's be real here that's how out to lunch and so far down the rabbit hole and so drunk on the right-wing kool-aid these people are that they think that what they did was either noble or no it was peaceful or it was actually antifa trying to make us look bad it is just so unreal but hey, in other news about right-wingers creating their own reality, isn't there another quote out there about I reject your reality and substitute it with my own? That is so beautifully encapsulated by Republicans. So uh, let's just check in with Republicans in Texas and some really ridiculous and blatant gerrymandering. The Texas GOP is losing its hold on the suburbs of Dallas and Fort Worth as they grow more diverse. Two proposed districts show how far the party is reaching to entrench rural, white electoral power. Like, look at this district, proposed TX4. They have to zoom in to these areas and show, yep, this is how we're going to sort of create this weird, basically a kind of glorified key shape, and then go all the way out to these far-flung suburbs, gee, I wonder where the white people are, in order to dilute Hispanic and Asian voting power in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So yeah, this proposed congressional district would carve up the heavily Asian neighborhoods of Collin County and place them in a district that stretches north to the Oklahoma border, encompassing 11 other counties across nearly 5,000 square miles. White voters would control elections in the district. Like, it is so unbelievably blatant. Whoa, hey, I know we got more people coming here and they're more diverse, but we still got a really entrenched white rule, even to the point where it makes no sense. And anyone sensible looking at this district would say, that is ridiculous. You need to be a little more fair. But nope, can't have that in Republican America, apparently. What's that like quote where he says, if conservatives find that they can no longer win democratically, they won't abandon conservatism. Rather, they will abandon democracy. Well, 
The rest of the article has a bunch of other egregious examples. It's definitely worth the read. So it and of course the links to everything else featured will be in the description down below. Also go support Camazots. Camazots is a great streamer. But yeah, there's a lot more information in the Texas Tribune article. Feel free to read that at your own discretion and if you want to be even more depressed. But, you know, like, is, is there not a way that we can charge Republicans with obstructing democracy at this point? Because this is just so egregious. But sadly, I have saved the most egregious and offensive thing for last. The final disgusting obscene white privilege cherry on top is a story from surprise georgia so apparently in georgia at a school the following events happened white students at coosa high school in georgia waved the confederate flag and hurled racial slurs leading up to homecoming the students with the confederate flag did not face repercussions School administrators suspended several students of color who were protesting. Two white protesters were left unpunished. Ugh. There is so much work that needs to be done. That is just so unbelievably blatant. You feel me? That these students who are basically waving the flag of traitors and hurling racial slurs in 2021 and those who protested rightfully against this, the people who had a skin pigmentation other than white were punished. But the ones who were protesting that were white, well, you know what? That's okay. Like, holy shit, people, check your goddamn privilege and perspective. Like, how do you not see how ridiculous that is? And you know what? I think if there's any theme, not that I was really trying to find a theme, because basically the theme every week is well and truly dystopia. But if there's a theme at all during this week, it's that everything was just ridiculous and, you know, the audacity of the caucasity, racist students, GOP gerrymandering in Texas, putting guns on robot dogs. Oh, look, we're having dystopian water war problems and the first ever announced water shortage in the Southwest, which continues to see a lot of migration there. Using LRADs on protesters, just wanting a cleaner environment, still polluting the world that we need to live on. And of course, the first story a vlogging kit for little kids. It is all just so ridiculous and obscene, and I'd like it to end, but unfortunately, as we know, it's not going to. That's part of why this show exists. It is all just so ridiculous, and I think we can all agree on that, and yet it happens in this capitalist hellscape that we just allow to continue despite knowing it is literally killing the planet and communities it is harming all of us and yet still week after week i get to do this it's absolutely ridiculous but additionally it is also extremely concerning and that is what's bothering me today 